Welcome to With You in the NICU, a podcast for infant patients' parents and practitioners. Each episode aims to last as long as a pumping session for mom, or you could listen to several while you practice skin-to-skin with baby. With You in the NICU is produced by the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation. This episode is made possible by presenting sponsor Natus with support from Chronically Simple. Your host for With You in the NICU is Jenna Morton, a parenting journalist and mother of two preemie boys. Welcome to this episode of With You in the NICU. I'm your host, Jenna Morton. One of the greatest struggles in being the parent of a preterm baby is the worry, the endless what ifs, the anxiety about what's happened and what's to come. To help us navigate this challenge, we've invited Olivia Scobie to join us. Olivia is a social worker and founder of Postpartum Support Toronto, a not-for-profit that creates online and in-person community that is inclusive, honest, fact-based, a place for parents who feel overwhelmed, anxious, or simply ungrounded to know they are not alone. Olivia, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. We're so so glad. Yeah, that was such a lovely description. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, it's it's a really fantastic organization that you, you've pulled together. And I think before we get into the other part of what we want to talk about, I'd love to know a little bit more about your group and how you came to create it. Yeah, so Postpartum Support Toronto uh, came together largely for people who were kind of falling through the cracks of the system a little bit. So people who didn't have um, easy access to some of the hospital programs who were sort of in a blurry, I don't know if this is a mood disorder, like do I go to my doctor? I'm just having a really hard time right now. And it started originally with an online group and that grew really quickly. And then we started adding um, in-person groups. We experimented um, with an online group where people could meet. Um, And then we started developing um, online programs that parents could take at home um, in their own time um, to help with a lot of the transitions to parenting. Um, So we have a group right now, one, or sorry, we have a program right now, one around like working through parent guilt we have one around using expressive arts to do some processing, um, some really cool grounding techniques in that course. We have one um, around dialectical behavioral therapy, which is a really great therapy for dealing with big emotions. What do I do with all of these big emotions? And then we have one on cultivating self-compassion, uh, which can be hard to do when you're like trying to do everything right um, in those early days. So yeah, we are peer-based. So it's um, you know, kind of a compilation of uh, social workers and therapists like me working with uh, parents who are supporting each other. And it's just sort of evolved into this cool um, hangout space for parents. And it's a really interesting mix of your personal background and your professional background coming together to create this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I... Um, got in interested in perinatal mood because of my own experiences and uh, my my first child was born um very difficult birth very difficult circumstances and that led to a pretty substantial experience of postpartum depression that i didn't even know what i was experiencing at the time i thought that was just parenthood 
Um, and so it wasn't until I had some distance from that experience that I was like, I was kind of messed up. Like my, my thoughts and my feelings were pretty messed up. Um, and so when I had my second, I was sort of prepped for uh, depression and, and really looking for it the second time around. Um, and then I wasn't struggling a lot with depression, but I was so anxious and I missed it. I don't know how I missed it, but I was beside myself with anxiety to my stomach all the time, serious um, compulsive behavior around uh, obsession with health and safety. Um, and so it, it took about four months before I was like, oh, right, anxiety, I can get help for this. Um, and so it was a pretty dramatic difference between, you know, struggling through alone the first time and then having really great support um, the second time. And so uh, I think that there's a lot of us who fall into that camp of this doesn't feel really great, but I, I don't necessarily have a language for it. And the images we have around what it means to have depression and anxiety is often really extreme. Uh, and so that's where my interest in, like, how do we talk about this in everyday language and not the clinical language um, that sometimes feels a bit uh, distant from our own experience sort of emerged from. Um, and so I spent a long time studying uh, family dynamics and social work and clinical therapy tools in school. And now this is all I do is work with families in a, a private practice as well as run postpartum support Toronto um, and uh, support people through that, you know, pretty significant transition. I think it's so powerful for people to hear that and to know that even people who have studied this and who understand it, still don't always recognize it when it's happening. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, particularly when we consider ourselves like pretty strong, capable people, we can really miss our own experience because we're just so in it. Uh, and that makes it makes it tough. And there still is a ton of stigma around mental health, particularly postpartum mental health. And there's a very particular image that we're sort of that's constructed for us around how we're supposed to feel and what we think that's going to be like. And there's a lot of grief in that process for many parents around this isn't what I was expecting. Um, and how do I find my place in this like weird land of um, parenting and how do I care for this child and hospitals and all the things that we uh, didn't anticipate in, in our particular story. When we were talking ahead of setting up this chat, we talked a lot about that idea of the anxiety, particularly for a NICU parent and you're sitting there and you're, you're constantly worried about everything that happened that brought you here and everything that's going to happen after this and how all that worry really needs to get put aside sometimes so you can focus on now. I'm wondering if you could share just some thoughts on why that's so important. Yeah, and I have a lot of compassion for what it's like to be in a situation where the outcome is not known. We have no idea what's gonna happen next. There's a lot of confusing information getting thrown at us. And so it can be really easy to try and slip into um, you know, a rumination pattern or just like a thought pattern of like, well, what if this happens and what if this happens and what if this happens? And I talk a lot with my clients around managing this strategy brain. And by strategy brain, I mean they're trying to be eight steps ahead. They're trying to see all of the potential pitfalls and they're trying to find the quickest, fastest, safest route to get them where they want to go. 
And it takes a lot of energy to be in strategy brain. And a lot of that involves um, not being in the moment. So uh, either thinking historically about things that have happened in the past or comparing your experience to other people's experiences and their stories, or trying to tell the future. Um, and so trying to be way ahead, eight, nine, 10 steps ahead, and trying to anticipate all the things that could go wrong and how we would navigate that. And when we do that, we tend to overestimate um, how bad it's gonna be and underestimate our ability to cope and get through it. And so a lot of mindfulness strategies are coming back to this moment, right here, right now, what is just in front of me. Um, and I also talk a lot with people about how you can't actually pre-experience something, um, and, but we can, um, we can really get ourselves into a negative, um, really difficult headspace by trying to imagine like, well, what would it be like if this happened? And even if you find yourself living your worst case scenario, you only actually have to live through it once. That exact moment when you are living through that only happens once. You may remember it, you may pre-anticipate it. And so it's a lot of coming back to the moment right here, right now. Do I have to deal with this right now? No. Okay, then how can I sort of move and work with my controllables versus my non-controllables? So I can't control the outcome of a medical test. I have absolutely no control over that. But I can control um, managing how much uh, rest I'm getting and managing the communication with doctors and you know, all of those pieces. That's so like I can do this one time. Thing. And that's it. Well, and the other thing that we can manage is different approaches to try to help us get to that yes. understanding, right? So I know that meditation is something that you share with your clients and you have some available online. Mm -hmm. What to you is the, the benefit for a parent in the NICU to take the time to meditate? So... I, before I answer that, I just want to sort of separate the difference between um, meditation and visualization and mindfulness because those are really related, but they're actually three, three different concepts. I think that the practice of becoming mindful, so again, when I think of mindfulness, I think of three major, it's kind of a hot word right now. I think of three major things. I think of being present. So again, that idea of I'm just, I'm just right here, just right now in this exact moment. I think of observing, so observing our mind, observing our thoughts, observing our breath, um, and sort of stepping back and having this macro view of like what's happening in our own body and our own brain. And then I think of being non-judgmental and accepting. And so it's, again, the limits of our own control. Like I can't control that I feel sick in my stomach with anxiety, but I can just sit with that and observe it. Yes. I'm feeling sick in my stomach with anxiety rather than how do I get rid of the anxiety or how do I not think about this? Um, so for me, when I think about NICU parents, it is uh, an experience that is riddled with anxiety, uncertainty, grief, sadness, trauma. Yes, all of those things are going to be there. And so it's how do we build a relationship with our anxiety, grief, trauma, and our, and our uncertainty rather than, well, just try not to think about it. And that takes practice. And one of the ways to do that is to build um, um, a meditation practice. But it's not the only way. And so the, the way that uh, I'm going to sort of walk 
you through a, um, a meditation. You can call it a meditation if you want to. Um, another way to look at it is just like some mindfulness skills. Um, so meditation is usually just, you know, sort of sitting in the moment and building breath awareness. Mindfulness is coming back to um, this current uh, experience of what's going on around you in an observing way. And then visualization is, you know, I'm going to visualize myself. Um, there's so many ways you can play with visualization and meditation. I'm going to visualize like a light, uh, a warm, soothing light, like coming down into my body. There's no wrong way to sort of play with, uh, with soothing and grounding techniques, regardless of what you call it. I think that's important for people to hear because like you said, it's, it's very much kind of a, a buzzword these days, this idea of mindfulness and meditation and all that, and to understand that there are different parts to it and there's no right or wrong way to do it is very important. Yes, absolutely. But you do have a bit of a, a meditation that you want to share with us. I do, yeah. And so this is just a quick sort of intro to getting connected with a few of your different senses. Um, and we're going to uh, spend a few minutes just settling into wherever you are right now. Um, I'll walk you through um, connecting to your breath, connecting to your body, connecting to um, some of the environment that's around you and then we'll sort of quickly come out of it. So it'll take a few minutes. And this is something that you can do daily as a meditative practice. It's also a tool that you can use in the moment when your thoughts are, are getting the best of you. So I'm gonna start just by ringing um, the singing bell that I have here beside me, which is just something that we use in sound therapy and then something that can be really soothing and really grounding. So I'm going to open with the singing bell and then I'll close with the singing bell so that you have a sense of uh, a start and a finish today. So wherever you are right now, I'm just going to invite you to take a moment and connect to your breath. You don't need to change the breath. You don't need to lengthen it or shorten it. I just want you to observe it. And while you're observing it, I, I want you to really lean into that moment where that breath transitions, where the in-breath becomes the out-breath and where the out-breath becomes the in-breath. Noticing how the breath fills your body, how it comes in through your nose, or how it slips in past the lips, how it moves down your throat, into your chest, how it moves the belly, up and down, sometimes a lot and sometimes a little. And as you're connecting to your breath, you may find that your brain is really busy and lots of thoughts are popping up. That's okay. You don't need to fight them or resist them. You can just let them bubble up and just sort of notice that they're there, but not attaching and running with them. And as we do this, if you find yourself getting distracted by your thoughts, that's okay. As soon as you catch yourself, Coming back to the breath, 
back to the noticing where your in-breath becomes your out-breath and the out-breath becomes the in-breath. When you're ready, we're going to explore touch in the body. So bringing awareness right now to where your body connects to the floor if you're standing. So noticing where your feet touch the floor, noticing shoes if you have them on, socks if you have them on. Really feeling the groundingness between you and the floor. And if you're sitting or lying down, noticing where your body connects right now to the chair, the couch, and really feel how you are supported right now by the furniture. Locking in that support can come from a lot of different ways. And starting to feel your clothes on your body, noticing the temperature of your body, and using that to guide your mind internally. What is it like inside my body right now? And you can scan down, starting at the head, or if there's a really significant sensation, you can just go directly there and feel that. And if it feels supportive, you can add a little bit of breath to any area that feels really tense or that has a lot of sensation, just literally and figuratively giving more space to that area of your body. Often this is our belly or our chest, our throat, our eyes. Just need a little bit more space. And using that breath now, bring your awareness to any smells that are around you. Sometimes they're really subtle. Coffee off in the distance. Something in the garbage. Don't need to judge if they're good or bad. Just notice what's around you right now. And then shifting your awareness right now to what you can hear. Notice the sounds that are really close by. Notice the sounds within your body. Your own breath, your own heartbeat. And then noticing the sounds that are really far away. The ones that are outside of the room, maybe outside of the building birds or cars. And then I, I want you to just give yourself a moment to let your brain do whatever it wants. Let yourself think if you wanna think, let yourself feel if you wanna feel. Slow the breath if you wanna slow the breath. 
But notice what happens when you let your brain do what it wants in this gentle way, rather than trying to force it in a particular direction. Giving it lots of space. And then when you're ready, and with the sound of the bell, just allowing yourself to come back to the room. Olivia Scobie is a mother, a social worker specializing in postpartum mood disorders and birth trauma, and the founder of Postpartum Support Toronto, a resource for parents trying to adjust to life with baby. You can find information about the group, along with their therapeutic online courses and resources, at www.postpartumsupporttoronto.com. With You in the NICU is created to keep pumping mothers and others company in and out of the NICU. It is produced for the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation by Jenna Morton and Tosh Taylor. Financial assistance is provided through education grants from presenting sponsor Natus with support from Chronically Simple. You can learn more about the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation by following them on Facebook or online at cp bf-fbpc.org.